Hello and welcome to the Off the Waivers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Barnes. I'm joined as always by my co-host, James Andrews. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. I'm excited to get into the NBA content. The All-Star Reserves were just released, so let's do it. Yeah, talking about All-Star Reserves, like you said, just released. We're going to go over it. I'm going to run down the list real quick and then we're going to talk about our thoughts about it. So for the West, the Reserves were announced. We have... Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, and then Anthony Davis, who, of course, will be replaced by somebody. And we'll get into that uh, as he is injured and will not be playing in the game. Um, for the Eastern Conference, we have James Harden, Julius Randle. Knicks fans, get hyped. He got something for the first time this decade. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine snuck in there, but well-deserved. Ben Simmons, kind of a question mark. We'll get into that. And then from the Orlando Magic, having a great year, Nikola Vucevic. I want to start with Ben Simmons. Can we talk, you want to talk about Ben Simmons? Cause I think this is kind of like borderline is like defensible based on where Philadelphia is and kind of the production that he's put in. But like, obviously you disagree. Yeah, well, Ben Simmons has been playing very well his last four games, averaging over 27 points per game on 69% shooting from the floor. He's the second best player on the best team in the East right now, so we have to give him props for that. He's been one of the best defenders in the NBA all season long. I just don't think he deserved it over Chris Middleton. Frankly, that's what it comes down to. There's actually a lot of good players in the East this year, even though the teams aren't as good. And someone was bound to get snubbed, and it happened to be Chris Middleton. Yeah, I I agree. I think this is a big snub. I think Chris Middleton, he's putting up similar numbers, if not better numbers, than last year. He's doing it way more efficiently. The Bucs are still a top team in the East. Not the top team, but one of the top teams, one of the contenders. So I feel like he was very well-deserved to be a part of the Eastern Conference All-Stars this year. But unfortunately, he was left out. Another name that was left out, Bam Adebayo. Obviously, his team's not been doing too hot, but still someone putting up great numbers and to honestly to be considered an all-star, but did not make it. There weren't enough slots. What do you think about that? Yeah, the Miami Heat have had a lot of troubles this season. They've had a lot of different lineups, guys going in and out. Bam's been the one constant for them this season, which is why I think he really did deserve it. He has vastly improved his offensive game. His shooting numbers have stayed the same. Well, his points per game and everything else has gone up, and he's still one of the best, not only interior, but also all over the floor. He can guard anybody on the floor. He's a great interior defender. And I think because Miami has a lot of different guys that they feed the ball to with Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo has to fight for shots there, and he's still putting up 19 points per game. Vucevic is having a great season, but the Magic have to really rely on him on a nightly basis, giving him the ball in the post. And he's also not as good of a interior defender down there which is why i had bam out of bio on my list and then julius randall that wow what a season he's had and how that came out of nowhere i don't think the knicks fans especially after watching him last year were thinking oh this year this is the year you know this is where julius randall he's taking the leap i mean what do you think about that like that's crazy rejoice knicks fans you guys got an all-star not named carmelo anthony i mean he got off to a great start to the season last season where he was putting up similar numbers to like this and then fell off and now he's doing it consistently, and I think he absolutely deserves this spot. He's averaging over 23 points per game 
Also that he's posted some triple doubles this year. He's got high assist and rebound numbers. He's really doing it all for the Knicks. And he's been a big catalyst as to why they're the sixth seed right now in the East. You're telling me Jeremy Lin wasn't an all-star for the Knicks? That's unbelievable. I don't know. I mean, it was just two-week stretch, but I felt like he deserved at least, you know, that recognition. Um, let's talk about the Anthony Davis spot in the Western Conference to start off that conversation. I think um, he's obviously not playing, so someone's going to replace him. Who do you think is the likely replacement? So I think the most likely replacement is Devin Booker. This is someone I think should have gotten in in the first place over his own teammate, Chris Paul. He's averaging 25 points per game this season on a career best 50% from the floor. He's also been there for 23 games this season. He hasn't been hurt nearly as enough as some of the narrative people say he has been. And what can you say about the Suns? They're one of the best teams in the NBA right now. They're the fourth seed out in the tough West at 20 and 10. He's been their go-to guy all year long for them. Chris Paul's done a lot of great work, but I think Devin Booker deserved the spot over him. But I think ultimately he'll get in with the injury replacement. See, I have a little, I have a little um, kickback on that. I feel like Chris Paul was probably more deserving than Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is definitely deserving for this spot. I think Chris Paul's impact on the team and the difference that he's made, the leadership he's brought in, and we'll get into that a little bit more in uh, one of our later segments. But I think it was fully deserving. I think a couple of names to consider. I think. Um, that Shea Gildas Alexander from Oklahoma City Funder, I think he's really taken a step forward this season. I think he really is not getting enough recognition because he plays for um, Oklahoma City, who one doesn't get enough uh, um, national TV spotlight, but also because their team isn't that great and wasn't didn't have that high projections. However, he's got them playing like they could potentially make the playing game. Now I don't think they're going to. But I think it's very, it's actually possible. And he's the big reason why. And a lot of people are overachieving on that team. Um, a name, a couple of names we should probably talk about are, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I feel like Paul George and Damian Lillard, we don't need to talk about those guys. Those guys were pretty sure automatic. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, um, while they're playing all-star level, I have to feel like this is a major factor based on team success. Certainly, they've been two very good players this season for the best team. Not only the best team, but by far the best team. The Jazz have been head and shoulders above everybody else so far in the regular season. Rudy Gobert is the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year right now. He's going to run away with that award. I have no problem with him getting in as the backup center. And Donovan Mitchell, he has to compete with a lot of good guards out west there. But he's been the best player on the best team. There were times where he really showed out in the bubble and proved that he could be a number one option on a very good team. And I think that's what he, what, a lot of what he's been doing this year, frankly. He's expanded his game so he's not just a shooter or a slasher. He can, do, he can score very well at all three levels. And he's also one of the top defenders on the perimeter. And now that we have uh, gotten past kind of who we think snubbed or kind of like the names that we think great for them to get on this list, great um, for them to be here and it'd be this game it's well deserved um any other players that necessarily don't get the shine or do you think you're really happy to see them on this team yeah a uh, shout out to zion williamson he has not gotten as much hype this season as he did last season which i just don't understand at all because he's finally starting to step up and play like the superstar we thought he would be coming out of duke he's averaging monster numbers this year over 26 points per game and he's also doing it on over 60 percent shooting 
And he's also not only is it all around the basket too, but he's shooting very well from just outside of the basket in the acceptable mid-range area, which means he's kind of stretching his game out, which he's had to do with Steven Adams next to him, also helping to clog up the paint. Yeah, also congrats to Zach Levine. He has averaged 28 points per game on the Chicago Bulls. A lot of people have dubbed him as a guy that just gets empty buckets and isn't really a winner. Well, he plays his heart out every night. He goes to the basket as hard as anybody in the league, and he's also been shooting the heck out of the ball all season long. He absolutely deserves to be in that spot. Yeah, and I'm, I haven't been the biggest defender of Zach Levine. I've actually been a pretty big hater of him. But this year, he's really contributed to winning. He's not a great defender, but at least he's giving effort on that end. And his scoring has just been incredible. It's always been incredible the past couple of years. But now it's like really taking to that level where he's elite. And then once again, Zion, his team's been up and down this year. But very happy to see him on there. He's progressing. I don't think the hype that was set for him was fair. I think that he's had a couple setbacks since he got to the league, but I think he's really progressing now and starting to move forward and be the, some of the player that we thought he would be. Um, to get into, get past the All-Stars, what do you think some of your best bets this week are going to be? Yeah, so I'm going to bring you guys two of what I think is going to be the best bets in the NBA of the upcoming week. To start off, the Lakers play the Jazz tomorrow. The Lakers have been without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder and have lost three of their last four games. I'm going to hammer the Jazz here during on the spread. Um, the Jazz have very good interior defense, like we talked about with Rudy Gobert. They can handle the inside attack the Los Angeles Lakers have with LeBron James and Montrezl Harrell. I expect them to easily be able to take care of that game. And then my second one is is the Bucks going up against the Pelicans. For reasons I just mentioned above, the Pelicans have a very good inside attack with Zion Williamson, Stephen Adams, and Lonzo Ball attacking the paint. But the Bucks can counteract that with Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo defending. The Bucks' whole defensive montage is give up open threes and guard the paint. Don't let up layups. The Pelicans are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. I'm going to hammer the Bucks' spread there. Sounds like you got some pretty good bets there. Um, this next section, I think you're really going to like because we're really going to hone down and start with your favorite team. The who's not and or who's hot and who's not. We're going to start with the Washington Wizards on a nice five-game stretch. They're, <laughs> they're 5-0 and in the recent stretch, and knowing this is recorded before tonight's game against the Los Angeles Clippers, so they could be 6-0 and uh, once it's released tomorrow. But 5-0 and in the last uh, five games, they beat the Nuggets, they beat the Celtics, and they beat the Lakers in that stretch. Russell Westbrook during that stretch has also been 20-12-12, including a couple monster games in the last two. Um, do you think his career is getting back on track, or do you think this is just um, kind of like fluke games? Yeah, if you tune into a Wizards game expecting to see all-star Russell Westbrook, you're going to be disappointed, but don't get it wrong. He still has a lot of game left in his body throughout his career. He is still a guy that gets up and down the court very fast, has a lot of athleticism, but a lot of his struggles this season have been learning how to play with his diminished athleticism. And that's what he's starting to figure out. He's starting to build up a rapport with a lot of these guys, which is why his assist numbers are going up. And he's starting to hone in on his body better and control himself. So he's not out of whack taking bad shots for the Wizards. But for them, the biggest thing has been defense, defense, defense. They were one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA last year. And they kind of rolled that over and just got off to one of the worst starts again in the NBA defensively. But now they've really cleaned that up. They held Jason Tatum to his worst shooting game of the season. They held Damian Lillard in check, holding him to only 10 of 30 from the floor. 
They held LeBron James in check to really bad shooting. And that's really been their recipe to the success on the five game winning streak is defense. Um, you mentioned defense being a, a major factor. I also think that Russell Westbrook is the major factor of this team. Uh, a lot of people pegged this team getting, making that Westbrook trade. They thought that he had, the Wizards were the clear winner. And honestly, we're not so sure if it's been that way, but neither team in, in that, uh, deal has really gone that great. And we'll get into that later, but. Um, I would say that Russell Westbrook makes or breaks this team. Brad Beal's the best player, but Russell Westbrook's going to be the team that takes them to the playoffs if they have the chance to get there. And right now, they're out of the playoff picture, but the recent stretch shows signs of life, and I think you can be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, in the Eastern Conference this year, anything can happen. There's only three or four teams that are above 500 right now, meaning that anybody could still sneak into the playoff game or even the sixth seed. The Wizards are only three games back of the sixth seed right now. So they could still get a guaranteed spot for a playoff series. Also, I want to talk about some of their wings too. Davis Bertans and Rui Hachimura. Those are two key players scoring for them this season. Davis Bertans looked like he just didn't have his legs underneath them for a lot of the season, but he started to catch fire. He even went 9 of 11 from the three-point range the other night. And Rui Hachimura is a young guy who hasn't developed necessarily the best, but he's still trying to get better and working hard. And he's averaging over 14 points per game right now. And if he can get that above 15, He'll be the reliable third scoring option that the Wizards have desperately needed. I couldn't agree more. Um, another team that's been hot for this most of the season, but really is picking it up of late, the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns, we were just talking about Chris Paul and Devin Booker with the all-star conversation. But the rest of this team, it's been really solid, and they might be a real contender. I don't know if they're as good as the Lakers, but I think they have a chance to push for conference finals this year, which is something that I think a lot of people didn't expect. The Chris Paul move, it was a splash. It, it, no one knew if it was going to be a big splash or not, but it was a splash. And honestly, it's been a big success so far. His leadership, his veteran presence has really um, excelled and improved the players around him. Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, we knew they were good, but we needed to see them make it to the next level and take that leap. Devin Booker has. DeAndre Aiden looks like he has the potential to. And then the role players on this team, Mikel Bridges has taken a huge leap forward. He's one of the best 3 and D guys in the league, but he's doing so much more than just playing defense and, uh, and just hitting threes. You know, he's starting to facilitate better and he's just, he's a guy who's going to step up, do the little things and he's going to guard the best player every single night. And that's something you need for a winning team. And then players like Cam Johnson, who, you know, everybody when he was drafted thought he was just going to be a scrub. They way overpicked him. And I think that was nice. They got their guy. He's a solid player. Now we can talk about, and this might hurt you as a Maryland guy. Jalen Smith has not really been a great pick, and they probably could use someone like Tyrese Halliburton. That would have been amazing. But like this team, it fits well, it plays well, and there's no secret that they've been one of the hottest teams in the league and one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, Chris Paul's impact goes far beyond what he does in the box score. We all know that. He's still one of the top defenders in the NBA, even at his old age. And really, he also helps everybody else out on the roster tremendously. DeAndre Ayton has really stepped up and been a defensive force for them. This is something I was not expecting to say a couple of years ago when coming out of college. We all knew he could be a big-time scorer down low, but everyone questioned whether or not he could be a reliable NBA defender. He has been so much more for them this year than that, and I think that's one of the big reasons why they've been doing so good. Interior defense is one of the most critical things in the NBA and he, they've, he's been providing that for them along with Mikel Bridges. And also Jay Crowder was one of the best pickups in the offseason. It really flew under the radar. He played a huge part in that Miami Heat team going as far as they did. 
constantly knocking down big shot after big shot for them. He's been doing the same thing for the Suns as well. Absolutely. Jay Crowder has really been a key role player. And to think Miami looks like they really miss him. I, it might have been a small move. They made a couple moves, but they really haven't worked out. That team's not been great. Um, obviously, they've had issues. Jimmy Butler's been out. But Duncan Robinson's not been great. And they could really use the veteran like Jay Crowder, who's very consistent, plays great defense, and as you mentioned, has been really knocking down a three ball the last couple of years. And that's something that um, they are really missing and the Suns are really, really enjoying. I think also, just to speak of a team like Miami, we can't talk about who's hot without talking about who's not hot. And a team that's not hot right now is the Sacramento Kings. And part of that is because their best player, De'Aaron Fox, who looked like he took the leap, looked like he was prepared to be in the All-Star game. Someone you could talk about being possibly that AD replacement in the All-Star game, that wild card. He's recently not been great, and he's been shooting so poor, and he's not been getting to the line as much as he could. And that team has suffered from it. And what do you think they could do or do to turn this around? Yeah, this team has a lot of talent, but the franchise as a whole just has not been great. They've had a lot of talented players come through there and haven't really been able to put up many winning seasons. Uh, De'Aaron Fox certainly has to play better, but they also need to get better interior defense. Marvin Bagley appears to be going backwards as a player. He didn't start his career out too hot, but now he's doing even worse. He just hasn't, he needs to step up and start being the player they thought he was going to be coming out of Duke. Also, Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes could help guarding the paint. They're they're the worst defensive team in the NBA, and until they fix that, it's not going to get much better for them as they've lost seven in a row. Absolutely. That's a team that we thought would be in the playing games. We thought they could push for a playoff spot, and right now they find themselves out of the playoff spot, and it looks like they're heading in the wrong direction, so they need to get that turned around. Another team that is headed in the wrong direction of late and I think it has, they've had a lot of adversity go on this year. The Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets, they had the whole James Harden fiasco. He was, he's finally out the door. They had this new look, this new team. John Wall brought in Victor Oladipo, signed Christian Wood. And for people who don't know, or just the people that don't watch Rocket games or even know who Christian Wood is, he was a borderline all-star before he went out. And this team has looked completely different since he's been out. They just recently waived uh, the corpse of Boogie Cousins, and I don't know where he's going to end up, probably on the bench of some contender. But the Rockets do need to figure out how to turn this around, or in my opinion, I think they should go the other way and embrace the tank because Christian Woods is a solid young player to build around. They have him long-term. But some of these other pieces, I feel like they need to move on from. They need to get younger, and I don't think they have a team that compete can compete. Yeah, this is a team that they were healthy recently as a few weeks ago, and we saw them go on a six-game win streak. So as bad as it is now with their eight-game losing streak, they could still have plenty of time to turn it around. Uh, they have three borderline superstars when they're healthy, Victor Oladipo, Christian Wood, and John Wall, as you mentioned. I think if they can get all healthy, they can still play very well together and compete for a play-in spot. The problem with them is they also have some role players, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, along with Boogie Cousins, who was recently just released. That could maybe help out some other teams, but the question is how much value are you really going to get for those guys? P.J. Tucker looks like a shell of his former self. He's essentially just standing in the corner and chucking up a few shots per game while playing decent defense as a 6'5 center. And Eric Gordon, who appears to just be a completely inefficient scorer at this point with a big contract, I'm not sure if anyone is really going to want to take him on. 
So they also have a top four protected pick this year that's going to go out to either Oklahoma City or other teams in other scenarios if they don't get in the top four. And that's a very risky proposition to tank for because even if you tank, they're probably not going to end up worse than the Timberwolves, which means if they don't get in the top three in the lottery, they're going to lose their first round pick either way. So I think you might as well continue to go for it. And if you can get something significant for Victor Oladipo or one of those other guys at the trade deadline, you absolutely move them and focus on your future. But if no one's really going to take those guys, you keep them and you go for and you go for it all. Yeah. Try your best. It's simply it's it's a hard position to be in. It's definitely like we're right in the middle, but we can't be in the middle. That's the worst thing we can do. So you have to go one of the other or directions. I think you could finally you could find value for Victor Oladipo. I think you could flip him at the deadline to someone. I don't know exactly what you're saying, where his value's at right now. He's been inconsistent. He's been, it seemed like a locker room problem in Indiana. Because once you're the guy, he was the guy before he got hurt. He came back and he wasn't the guy anymore. And that kind of like messes with players' heads and stuff like that. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good player. I think he just needs the right situation to turn it around. I'm not so sure Houston is. Uh, I like, again, I like John Wall still, but I personally think, especially without Christian Wood um, of late, and he'll be back soon, I'm pretty sure. But this team, I don't think they, they can maybe push to the playing game, but I don't think you want to push to the playing game. I think you should probably go for that shot and go for that uh, top pick. Because if you get that top pick, especially in this upcoming draft, then that could be a huge game changer for your franchise. You could get the number one pick, and all of a sudden you're running Kate, Kate Cunningham or Jalen Suggs, and you're running him with Christian Wood. And that's a young team and a young core that I really like. I mean, this team, honestly, is probably regretting not doing a Ben Simmons trade. I think if you probably shouldn't have, if Tyrese Maxey was the guy that like they're pushing on, I think Matisse Feibel and Ben Simmons and like a pick swap or something like that should have got the deal done. And I think that it would have been way better off for that. But obviously that didn't happen. So now they're in the predicament that they are. And uh, this is something that they're going to have to figure out. I agree with that. They're on the hook for a lot of bad contracts. And also, they managed to trade away their superstars, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. But they've got a good amount of assets back. But instead of loading up on assets like the Oklahoma City Thunder did, they got kind of injury-prone middle superstars in John Wall and Victor Oladipo. That'll help them stay somewhat relevant, but just isn't paying off for them right now. So if they can't turn those guys into other assets or start winning with them, it's going to look like bad trades in a hurry. Absolutely, absolutely. So it is is now time for the spotlight game of the week. Uh, For this week, I have on Sunday afternoon at 3.30, the Bucks play the Clippers. This is the second time these two teams were going to meet up in the regular season this year. This is certainly a potential finals preview as the Clippers and the Bucks have been two of the best teams in the NBA this year. They're extremely loaded. The Bucks are going to have Drew Holiday back later this week. So both teams should be fully healthy and ready to go for that. What are your thoughts on that matchup? Um, I think it should be a great game. Um, obviously, regular season, uh, both of these teams are fantastic. Coming back, everybody healthy. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I will definitely be tuning in. Obviously, with both of these teams, we don't really know what they are until they get to the playoffs. We've seen them crumble and we've seen them not do well. So ultimately it's not going to matter until then. But I think until then, this is a good matchup and I think it could be a possible finals preview. In my opinion, it's probably not, but like these two, two teams are contenders. I think both of these teams, if they get over the hump, could easily find themselves in the finals. I think that's very possible. So it should be a good matchup. And I really like 
to see how um, these two teams match up with each other, especially Chris Middleton and Paul George. And I'd love to see Chris Middleton, after getting snuffed in the All-Star game, how he responds. Yeah, and Kawhi Leonard knows he can take on Giannis onto the Kupo defensively whenever he has to. But I think both these teams are really going to enjoy this matchup as they're going to look to get themselves ready for the playoffs and big games to come. This will be a big spotlight game for them under the lights on ABC. I think they're both going to really enjoy and embrace the competition. And then, um, honestly, I think it's going to be a great game overall. Uh, moving on to my favorite segment of this show, and I hope it becomes a staple because it's a great great thing um it's called oof of the week oof of the week is basically who took the biggest l of the week and there have been some slight l's there have been some big dubs there's been some big l's this week and the timberwolves have been involved in a lot of it the timberwolves just yesterday i believe they fired their young coach ryan saunders who is the son of legendary head coach flip saunders and looked like he was going to lead these guys into their future. Obviously, that's not happened. They moved on. And that was kind of an L. But the big oop of the week was handed out by a Timberwolves player as An- uh, Anthony Edwards gave the big oop of the week to Yuta Watanabe. Watanabe, a two-way player on the Raptors, might have gotten his career ended by a big poster from Anthony Edwards. James, what happened here? <laughs> Yeah, so Anthony Edwards kind of sidestepped by one defender on the perimeter and just dunks all over Watanabe for a dunk of the year candidate. At least, hey, at least everyone knows who his name now is, for better or for worse. They say all press is good press, so at least we're going to start talking about him. Hopefully he does better things with the Raptors, but he may have just gotten his career ended by Anthony Edwards, and without a doubt. Definitely one of the nastiest in-game dunks and in-game posters I've ever seen. Definitely the oop of the week for Utah. Um, that's a shame for him. Um, anyways, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we're going to quick plug our Twitter. Follow us at the OTW pod on Twitter. And for future mailbag questions and mailbag episodes, please hit up uh, our Gmail at off the waivers mailbag, off the waivers mailbag at gmail.com. All one word. Anything else for you to say, James? Yeah, shout out to the NBA for putting on a great season so far. We've gotten this far, and I know the All-Star game had some controversy around it. LeBron James and others were questioning why they were even going to play it in the first place, but we haven't heard any of that backlash in the past few weeks, and it appears that we are all ready to go for that game. LeBron James is obviously a captain along with Kevin Durant, so it'll be interesting to see where they pick their guys and how enthusiastic and how ready they are for this All-Star game and how much energy everyone gives that as a whole. But I'm really excited for it, and I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be a great event. I can't wait for the All-Star game as well. It sounds like it's going to be a blast. Well, that'll just about do it for us today. He's James Andrews. I'm Eric Barnes. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Off the Waivers podcast, and we'll see you next week.